Hi everyone, welcome to this new series of podcasts of Luxury Insight in partnership with FashionNetwork.com. Today I'm really happy and honored to have Isabel Jacks with us. Isabel is president of Shiseido Global Fragrance after a beautiful career with Chanel, LVMH and Luxury Insight. We're very happy to have you with us and among our advisory board. Thank you Isabel to be with us. Uh, okay, thank you, uh, Jonathan. It's a pleasure always to be uh, to be with you and uh, to discover not anymore the fragrance, but also the startup universe. Thank you. Our pleasure, and enjoy your podcast. Hello, everybody. It's uh, Friday, uh, May twenty eighth, two thousand and eighteen. I'm in the company of the very lovely Isabel Jex. Hi. Hi. Um, Isabel has had a pretty remarkable career, the kind of career that only very clever, beautiful French women have. In, uh, in luxury and, and perfume cosmetics. Uh, just so the audience uh, knows what a good career she's had, uh, she began as the, at one stage, she was the international marketing uh, director of the uh, perfume and cosmetic division of Chanel, one of the greatest luxury brands in the world. After that, she uh, was hired by the largest luxury conglomerate in the world, LVMH, where she was the uh, director general of the perfumes of Givenchy, and that needs no introduction to her, Givenchy was a legendary designer. And um, she later on then became uh, president of the whole luxury uh, perfume group of LVMH Empire. And finally, uh, last year, uh, she was appointed president of the fragrance division of uh, Shiseido. For the uninitiated, Shiseido is the great perfume and, and, and beauty uh, group of Japan. Thank let's, you. Let's begin. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Uh, let's begin in the beginning. Uh, where were you born and how were you brought up? Okay, so uh, I was born a long time ago, I would say, in, uh, in France and uh, more specifically in Paris. So oh, I'm, okay. a, I'm a real Parisian. I'm, I'm quite proud of uh, being uh, you know, part of the uh, Eiffel Tower or Monument. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you uh, from? The, what island is what were you from? Uh, 14. So I was born in 14. Yeah. Uh, and now... Uh, in, you went to, through the French education system? Yeah, French education. Um, so I'm still... Uh, I'm always being based in, uh, in Paris, but okay. I had the opportunity to work with uh, amazing, as you mentioned, uh, international brands. So I travel a lot, but I never experienced the uh, expatriation as, uh, as a French people. But uh, I love, uh, I, I enjoy a lot, uh, you know, traveling and discovering culture and working with people and trying to, uh, how to adapt and how to take in account all the uh, cultural um, asperities or differentiation we have and how to uh, to make a, a French brand more global. You, you, you studied biology, I believe. Yeah. Where did you do that? So I, I did that in Paris, uh, oh. Université Pierre et Marie Curie, the famous oh. one near the scene. The most famous and lady yeah, scientist of absolutely. the world. Absolutely, and uh, it was an uh, inspiring uh, journey. And uh, you know, it's very strange because oh. I, I was uh, fascinated as, uh, yeah. as as a student by yeah. biology, uh, the, all the cellular, uh, all the um, mechanism form and the, the plants and the seeds or, or the, the trees and how a kind of small seed become you know huge. Um, trees or huge uh, flowers mm -hmm. and uh, how they resist and adapt to the climax to the change to uh, so very fascinating did, did it logically bring you into the perfume industry how, no. after college what were your first steps to be honest i start i, I was in a class preparatoire oh, yeah. and uh, because i love the biology and uh, so i yeah. prepare agro 
agronomy yeah. and uh, just because of biology. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was not at the time, I was very evasive and I was looking about, you know, having, uh, enjoying pleasure in studying but not thinking about next step mm -hmm. and about the job. And that's where the issue started. So uh, after the, uh, my master in biology, I started in uh, Nestle. Here in Paris. Yeah, here in Paris yeah. with the director of the uh, research, research department and uh, has a, a kind, very uh, nice uh, first uh, internship uh, supposed to, to conduct me to, uh, to a, a job uh, that, uh, in that de department. Uh, I realized very uh, rapidly that the differences between the study and the, the job. And um, even if the, I was fascinated and passionate by that, the people and the way to work in, uh, in research, you know, I, I felt the, uh, something very narrow and very uh, heavy for me and not enough open mind. And I remember a, a kind of very uh, funny anecdote when I was uh, in the canteen uh, with, uh, with the people I was looking, uh, I was with them and always with the white shirt and, you know, we are like that and, and, and some very few uh, group of uh, young, beautiful people always near yeah. the windows and uh, laughing and having fun and say, wow, that people, and, and, and they tell me, yes. No worry, this is marketing. <laughs> and I say, okay, this marketing, okay. I don't know what marketing is, but I want to be part of marketing. And that's why I changed. It was like a kind of Woody Allen train I, moment. Yeah, exactly. You wanted to change courage. Exactly. And I said, okay, okay, let's forget that. And I want to be marketing. So at that time, computer were not there, but I was maybe looking in my Minitel what marketing is. And I decided to uh, to go ahead for marketing, and uh, so uh, I went to uh, ESSEC for uh, MBA. Oh, you did, and you yeah. did a, a master's in Yeah, and master at uh, ESSEC. Uh, because so I was all the best kind of uh, French colleges. Yeah, everything Education was quite important in your Yes, in your, uh, yeah, so and, um, and then because of uh, the discovery of what marketing uh, was, and I have to say that it was very uh, interactive and a kind of... Uh, uh, experience uh, course yeah. where we have uh, a lot of uh, yeah. study uh, yeah, yeah. with people from yeah. the industry to come and I was I was very uh, passionate about uh, communication creating products and I said okay I want to do that absolutely and I started at Kraft uh, General Food at the very beginning here in France yeah here in Once Paris again, again. Um, one thing I've noticed I'm a fashion editor for 30 years but when I follow the appointments of people of uh, certainly in LVMH and other groups, is how many times French luxury companies who are dealing with a certain kind of sense of elite and quality and craftsmanship uh, hire executives who've trained in America with most notably yeah. Procter & Gamble, you yeah. yourself, with mass market corporations. Mm. Why is that? Um, I think on, on the mass market side, uh, it's, it's a real very good uh, start to learn the mechanism of a business. Uh, you know, uh, taking, thinking about the sellout. So where, when I started at uh, General Food and after at Bourgeois, mm. we were, you know, looking at uh, the NPD. Enfin, it was a Secodip at that time, and uh, the sellout figures and how it works. And it's a kind of uh, very good um, training to to understand and to have all the uh, all dimension of the job. And and in in craft especially. Uh, and it was the same in Procter and mm -hmm. in Colgate, where as a young starter, uh, product manager, we were in the middle uh, of the business. I remember when I started at General Food, my first meeting I was with the president, the CEO of the company. And because I was the youngest 
uh, in the company, I was the one to start giving my opinion on a, on a copy strategy from the agency. So I was super stressed because there was you know, 20 people around the table and from the CEO uh, from the company, the CEO from the agency, all the director, all the group manager, marketing director. Yeah. And because I was the youngest, I said, okay, start first, what do you think? <laughs> and you have to uh, express yourself, so it's very and know what you want to say. Yeah, or before you go into the meeting, yeah, be well prepared. Yeah, exactly. That. So that means that you have to make your your own uh, point of view. You have uh, to structure. You have to uh, explain and try to to be uh, to be smart. And also in the American way, it'd be very results orientated. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that doesn't happen in France, but it's a very specific training. So, you, but when you were in there, my understanding was in within Kraft, you you worked on uh, Hollywood chewing gum, which is about, about as, as massive as you can get. And, and later on, you worked ended up working with uh, you know Chanel Number no. Five or something, which is sort of the, up at the top of the line of the perfume tree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was that not a bit schizophrenic, or did you learn stuff from the chewing gum that applied to Chanel? Uh, what I, I learned, you know, I, I had the chance to to start on um, uh, even in a confectionery, but about brand and uh, Hollywood Trim Gum was a real brand, and the brand equity uh, was something on which we were working a lot at that time. So, uh, at the very beginning of my career, I, I experienced the importance of, of a name and a, a brand. And then uh, to Chanel, obviously, it's absolutely different because it's not only a brand, but it's a physical, uh, iconic object. Uh, and that's, that makes the difference is uh, uh, obviously the name and a more worldwide perspective, working with creative people and artistic director. Uh, yeah, for me, craft and bourgeois. So bourgeois was different because when I, when I jumped from craft uh, to bourgeois, it was because of the culture. The, um, the uh, CEO of bourgeois at that time came from General Foods. So, the CEO. Yeah, the CEO. So he was uh, very interested to get some people from the same culture and the same management, yeah. the same way of working. So he attracts people from uh, craft to bourgeois. And in bourgeois, yeah. I discover uh, yeah. uh, the importance of uh, beautifulness of uh, design, uh, how to add, um, to create added value with design and aesthetic. To make it more attractive to the family. Yeah, consumer. exactly. And and that's different from the the, uh, yeah. the, the foods because on the food you. Uh, and the confectionery is super small. Uh, I work on Key School, so you have uh, just a, a, a piece of paper. It's relatively minor. Yeah, it's a very minimum in terms of design. For, for the benefit of the audience, of course, Bourgeois was historically the more mass perfume business of the Wertheimer family. Yeah. Yeah, they've since sold it, but it, they owned that before they owned Chanel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was uh, yeah, yeah, the very, very beginning. Yeah. Uh, and, and in a way, people forget that, that yeah. you know, the Wertheimers Arguably, Chanel is the single most famous fashion brand in the world and with a unique kind of DNA. But they did begin in as, as chemists in, yes. in, the, in the mass. And, and I was told at, at that time yeah. uh, that Chanel was yeah. only 20 people in a small part of the building. <laughs> when Bourgeois was a massive uh, you know, part of the company. This was when? When, when did you join? Uh, uh, I joined Bourgeois, uh, Bourgeois in uh, 1890. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and I left uh, Chanel when you were, uh, in uh, seventeen. <laughs> Almost. No, no, a little bit uh, more. You are so And nice. you left when? <laughs> when did you? When? But sorry, within Chanel, you graduated into Chanel. Was that yeah, what happened? 
Alors, yeah. it's what happened. I will say that probably um, Alain Vertemer noticed because we had the uh, strategic uh, plan and mm. uh, it was for Chanel and also mm. for Bourgeois. So it was uh, uh, when I was uh, exposed to, uh, to, mm. to, to, to them. And um, um, I created some uh, interesting... Uh, Asset for uh, for bourgeois perfume, uh, such, mean, as? Uh, such as uh, a TV commercial uh, with a naked man, a very uh, handsome guy, <laughs> and uh, and this uh, comedy well, a model or a famous yeah a model a model yeah. and uh, uh, no it was it was Brazil yeah, yeah. absolutely right so, yeah yeah <laughs> and it was a very nice uh, a TV commercial at that time for masculine which was a, a perfume brand. And I would say it was a kind of milestone in yeah. uh, in the industry yeah. because thanks to this uh, introduction of this new TV commercial and a new perfume, yeah. we get back to the leadership position. So um, so it was very efficient. Yeah. And from aesthetic point of view, it was very noticed, even by Mr. Vatimer. And he put it in front of, of Jacques Ellu and saying, look this what the people from... Uh, the other part of the garden are doing with a so small part of money, I was told that. And it was the same Berger, he, he got this movie, I was told, and, uh, and the uh, art director was called by uh, Berger to say, how are you able to make a uh, so uh, uh, sophisticated uh, TV commercial for uh, a mass market brand? And maybe because of that, I demonstrated that had an aesthetic sensibility to uh, to add emotion and to add um, to bracket. Was, was that perforce Jean-Luc uh, Chef shot Saint Laurent naked? Sorry, yeah, it was yeah, it was a long time ago. It was in. Was that was that before? Because Saint Laurent did a. No, 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 no. It was no, no. The the pic you are you are mentioning the picture. Yeah, the famous picture. No, of Saint no, no, Laurent no. The picture was maybe uh, earlier. It was in the, in the seventies or something. Okay, but here it was it was a commercial with a narration. Yeah. It was a storytelling. So the guy was naked. He was having a shower. The phone was ringing, and it was his girlfriend. So because he wants to take the telephone back, so he was, you know, walking in the in the flat getting out from the shower and we follow him and he was naked and all the, the light were very uh, sexy and yeah. very uh, sophisticated. And among, uh, it was, in fact, all the, um, the creative asset, till the end, everybody was uh, convinced it's uh, Chanel, Saint Laurent or Dior or a luxury brand. But, but in it the was end, Maxula. it was it was masculine. Ma masculine, it was the name of Equator. The name was Equator Masculine, the new perfume. Masculine was the brand. Yeah, was a, yeah. And, and Equator was, was the, the new was the uh, flunker uh, on, the, on the line. Uh, and because of that, and because have maybe... Um, so it was, you know, the proof of uh, a kind of sensibility and it was successful. And in the meantime, I demonstrate also uh, 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 during uh, many uh, meetings, uh, conviction and uh, a strong personality. And you believe, you're yeah. passionate about what you believe. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I was not at that time and even now a kind of a social woman. So I have, I have ideas. I try to convince to, uh, to go ahead uh, and uh, giving all the um, elements for the people to be able to follow me. Uh, you're not a social woman. In Francais, ça veut dire quoi? You're not a femme sociale? You said, I'm not a social woman. I know, a so so. You oh, know, so, okay, so. No, I beg okay, your pardon. So, so, so. I beg your pardon. No, no, no. Okay, you don't no. sit on the fence. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's not. Oh, I don't know. Or, you know, I'm yeah. not the one following uh, the uh, the opinion of uh, the other. And even if the other are uh, uh, in the yeah yeah higher, higher than me. So then you work for uh, you work for Chanel, reporting to Jacques Ellul. Uh, not reporting to Jacques Ellul, oh. uh, but working super closely with him. 
He, uh, he's still there now. No, no, uh, unfortunately he was not now. Uh, he was not anymore with us, so he, he left. He, oh, he died, he died, uh, he died a died couple a of, yeah, f nine or ten years ago. Oh, I beg your pardon. But he was the guy who ran it for many, many years. Yeah, for many, many years, and he was the son of the cr previous creator. Uh, uh, he uh, was a very strong uh, artistic director, and I have to say that uh, I work uh, so closely with him, and at the beginning, it was not so easy, especially because I came from Bourgeois, and he said, okay, I hate marketing, you are marketing. I, I don't like marketing people. <laughs> and you are the one, you know, pushing a chariot. I don't know how you sell that. You know, a chariot. Yes, yeah, shopping basket. Yeah, shopping basket. <laughs> so uh, how can we work together, you know, forget. He was dismissive of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even He's, after the beautiful ad. Yeah, yeah, and he was, you know, very, at the beginning, so, and yeah. day after day, we, uh, we built together a kind of very strong uh, relationship in the sense that I was never here to uh, to have a, an artistic um, point of view, but oh. just uh, providing the objective, what we are looking for. The objective of that is to create something different to address this part of the business. So, and and when he came back with uh, with his creation or ideas, I was able to tell him, you know, sometime, okay and say, what do you think? Tell me. And he was super rude, and I say, okay, you know, Jacques, for me, it doesn't deliver the message. <laughs> because, because we are talking, and uh, at that time, I was working on the Precision, uh, which was a new uh, skincare line, mm. uh, and uh, we are talking about advertising. And uh, he, he was doing the, uh, the skincare in the same way we are doing perfume. Mm. So very sexy, a girl, you know. Yeah. And I say, it's, it's not the benefit that we are, we are not providing an image to become a, a super sexy girl with this product. Mm. It's because of skincare. We need to reassure, we need to have a different tone. And, and, and the message of skincare is what? Is to. To, uh, you know. It's more a question of health. Yeah, health, uh, seriousness, because the brand was investing for 10 years in series, in, uh, in um, its research and development. So there's, a, there's a real quality to yeah, the cream. Yeah, quality and uh, rational benefits. Yeah. So the idea is not to have uh, an image, uh, an average image, but how to convey that these this products are so precious and it could help you, your skin to feel uh, younger and better. And it wasn't a question of be seductive, super, you know, how oh, you want to go with me tonight. And I said, Jacques, <laughs> stop thinking with your, with your, and I said, oh. I think there was something in, in, in France between the traditions of, of doing the thing and the use of modern technology that they created kind of meaningful okay. uh -huh. cosmetics. They weren't just. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's uh, specifically French. French. Uh, you know, now I was working well, with the Japanese, so, well, um, yeah, yeah. so the, uh, the well, way... Exactly, some people think Shiseido is the, perhaps... Yeah, because they are, uh, uh, from a cultural uh, perspective, uh, the uh, resource from the nature, because it's an yeah. island, is limited, yeah. so they have to add technology in to, uh, to preserve the nature. So it's part of the DNA of, uh, you know, the Japanese uh, research uh, to add um, uh, synthesis, uh, synthesis yeah. uh, to add transformation to protect the nature. So they are much more in tech. In touch with nature, you think? Yeah, to protect the nature. Ah, okay. So uh, Shiseido perhaps had the reputation for having the single largest 
research and development yep. uh, department of any major cosmetic brand. Is yes. that your experience? Yeah, absolutely. And especially uh, very recently, uh, yeah. we had a chance to be in, um, in Yokohama, where yeah. we are um, just uh, having the opening ceremony of the new uh, flagship of the research from uh, for, for the group um, about um, you know having uh, three uh, 1,500 researcher working in a very uh, amazing uh, building with all technical facilities, uh, um, uh, intelligence, artificial, uh, uh, all all the tech. It's like you know the the, the building is something. Uh, it looks like a Google or a Facebook yeah. with people from research. Yeah. So uh, it's a kind of a NASA. Uh, mixing with <laughs> Facebook and it's uh, an amazing and all these uh, research people have all the, uh, the the more cutting edge technology available in the world to think about and to shape the future of the skincare of the makeup and even of the perfume and how uh, the interaction of uh, you know uh, all the data we can collect and how to make more advanced uh, skincare, uh, taking in account the uh, all the discovery we can have on the second skin and uh, to protect from uh, X-ray, uh, to provide beauty innovation for a better world. Not only uh, aiming from uh, economic values, but also for social values. Okay. And innovation has to deliver social value and to uh, to help people to work to be uh, to be more you know in conscious with all the nature. All that, the, that's all very the specifically Japanese. That idea. That's this much, much uh, this is is very. Shisha, yeah. though I yeah. would say, oh, okay. and uh, so and that's and and uh, what is the Japanese is to uh, to think in long term, yeah. and uh, and Shisha is uh, you know was born from a, a pharmacy, so the wellness and how to uh, to help people to have not only the beauty but to feel healthy mm -hmm. and to uh, introduce the wellness dimension in. Our mission statement is definitely part of uh, the DNA of Shiseido, yeah. so it's very specific. Let's roll back to videotape. Let's go back to Chanel a bit. You were there, you were, whatever, 21 when you went in, and you uh, uh, you worked on, eventually, though, on perfumes, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, now, what, what was your role there? In, in the perfume at, at Chanel, so... Um, uh, at that time, I was uh, I was appointed by uh, Mr. Vertemer uh, yeah. and all the, to, to work on on a, a new project. So the, with the code name was Z, yeah. Yeah. and it was uh, at the end it started as a new project, mm. and it finished to be a Chance and Coco Mademoiselle. Okay. So ah, it okay. was uh, you know the uh, after the next milestone after um, uh -huh. uh, Allure, and at that stage uh, my mission was to um, how to deal to integrate the uh, vision of America's uh, US market, uh, thinking about luxury, mm. uh, and how to make something uh, more inclusive. I remember the conversation we had, uh, less, less French. Less French? Less French. You know, because the vision, Chanel was very French, and Jacques has a vision of uh, luxury, uh, which was uh, very uh, elitist. Ah. Very aloof, you know, this kind of, okay, we are Chanel. It's not for everybody. And uh, as you know, from a cultural... Rosette? Oui. Who are you? <laughs> At that time, it was, you know, for the first time with Allure, there was different campaign mm -hmm. yeah. in, in Europe and in US. Really? How did they differ? Uh, the French were the... Uh, because Allure, at that time, the, the meaning of Allure is... Uh, when we are, if you are French, they, 
elle a de l'allure. Yeah. That means that It's allure. Something very with, attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. allure with uh, with Chanel, it's wow, like that. You know, and all the uh, advertising, it was white, yeah. young, woman. Aloof. Aloof. And one was very uh, controversial at that time was uh, she was a ba she has a baby and she was you know having the baby like that. This is the photo or the video? Yeah, oh. it was a photo. It was only print, mm. and as a distance, not as a mother. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, okay, that's the baby, like that, a portrait de famille, and uh, and all the campaign. And the U.S. They, they, they fight a lot. Say well, no, we cannot launch. It's so uh, allure doesn't exist in uh, in English, uh, and it means alluring. And yeah. being alluring, it's having charm, yeah, being accessible, smiling, like smile. That. And the campaign uh, for the U.S. was with smile, mixing people with different color of uh, of skin, uh, and be super relaxed, having you know very American. And Jackie would say. Oh, it's not Chanel, it's not luxury, you know, they drink Coca-Cola, they eat burger, they don't know what luxury is. So I, I just arrived at this moment where it was like that, you know, and they were looking as well, a lot of tension. And the idea was to avoid to have two voices for the same products. And uh, so I was the one to make them collaborate and to uh, integrate. So, so what ad did you make in America in the end? What did the American ad look like for Allure? I, I came after that. Uh -huh. And for the new feminine fragrance, yes, yes. the idea was to... Uh, and, um, and Reunify. Yeah, reunify yeah. and being able to have one single copy yeah. for the world. Yeah. So having uh, diversity, uh, expressing something a little bit uh, younger, mm. with a little bit uh, more... Uh, uh, lively yeah. and not uh, stiff and aloof. So, and it was, you know, part of the, my job to, um, to uh, yeah. reconsider what kind of insight we can put in mm. and drive the creation mm. with Jacques Le. But uh, Karl Lagerfeld never really played a role in that, or did he? No, not so much. Not so much. We, yeah. uh, he was in a, in a makeup a little bit yeah. because of the collection was, yeah. you know, Be included, yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. And validated. But for the perfume, they are, you know, two uh, very uh, creative directors and very separate. Because at the time, who did the makeup for him? Peter Phillips? No. No, at the time it was Dominique Moncourtois. Ah, okay. And uh, 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 later on, and Aidy uh, Moravets. Who? Aidy Moravets. You remember? Yeah, I don't. No, I don't. I, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. In my time, it was Peter Phillips. You know, yeah, and who so, then yeah. went to? Uh, yeah, yeah, and after I went to uh, to Dior. To to, to Dior. Yeah, right. But um, uh, so the so you were given quite a lot of part to the image for, of yeah, the brand. Yeah, the image. In, in the biggest part of the business. Yeah, exactly. You know, I and mean, it still is. It's yeah. still 70, 80% of the business. Yeah, absolutely. And one of uh, my major, uh, I will uh, say, I don't know if it's a contribution, but yeah. the very interesting, uh, and to understand what does it mean, uh, yeah. being an artistic director and the, the creation, mm. uh, it was the, um, the spray, and you know, with the iconic bottle. You, the number five, I well, yeah, sure, totally, sure. so you see it. Uh, and when I started at uh, Chanel, mm. so I asked to, to see all the products. And uh, I was very surprised to see that on the advertisement, mm. every single um, communication, print oh. or TV, at that time was with the iconic bottle. But the reality of the business was different because the EDT and the spray, all of them are in, in a, a rectangular... Um, um, black box, mm. uh, black spray, mm. but not the iconic. And because the iconic was a flacon, 
Yeah, it was and a not simple, a, yeah, and rectangular, a clear. Yeah, uh, and a flacon, yeah. not a spray. You see the difference? The flacon? Because you, you would... Um, a flacon, yeah, 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 you have to open. And it was only for... Because at the time, that was, I was not 17 when I joined. It's a little bit older. And uh, the iconic design yeah. was only for perfume yeah. extract. Yeah. Which very sold small. very little. So sold very little. And I say, wow, if we are doing it that way, the iconic will become uh, something for museum, but not never in the end of the, the consumer and the client, because the client, they want to have a, the usage of the spray. So and I say, why not transforming the pour, the flacon, yeah. in a spray? So it, but the same bottle, but with the a spray. Same bottle. Yeah. And I explained that to uh, Mr. Vetemer, and he said, wow, it's a very good idea. And I go to see uh, Jacques, and I say, hey, Jacques, uh, gonna do you know, show. because that, and then uh, why not? I said, no, I don't want to do that. And uh, it was big, a big battle starting, and I was in the middle of that. Uh. And finally, we did it. Uh. Okay, so, and we did it, preserving the integrity of the design. Uh -huh. I mean, having um, uh, a cap in glass. Yeah. Uh, not disturbing or breaking the harmony of the design, of the proportion, so to make it purely as it is. And it was a real uh, technical challenge to make it happen. So it, it took two years to, to achieve the exact and perfect and the excellence in execution. When you see it, it's the same as a flacon, but it's a spray, more or less. It was that complicated, technically? To uh, very complicated, because of the, um, the size of... Uh, of uh, Le Goulot, uh, so yeah, it was yeah. very technically. And when I left Chanel, so I had a very uh, friendly and very nice um, dinner with Jacques, and he told me, you know, Jacques, when you ask me to work on the flacon, uh, you remember, I was so uh, upset and I was, you know, you make me so nervous. I'd say, yeah, I remember. I'd say, but I have to say, Jacques, you were right. And I said, yes, but why you were so like that? And I said, you know what? It's because it was a design of my father. And you obliged me to touch <laughs> the chef d'oeuvre of my father. And it was awful for me. And I, I didn't want to touch my father. His own famous artwork. design. So very interesting to see, you know, the connection and where the emotions are and the... Uh, one thing is always struck when you talk about luxury to French people uh, or French decision makers uh, is always this idea of emotion, aesthetics, um, you know, uh, it, it expressing something, uh, this idea of a merchant of dreams, which one doesn't get so much in other luxury uh, mm -hmm. countries. About it's more a question of pure marketing. Yeah. You know, um, but you're talking about how... Uh, you shot uh, this masculine ad and you ejected a sophisticated sexiness into it. W what was your thinking when you saw the Brad Pitt ad for Chanel? Ah, from a strategic perspective, yeah. having a guy, yeah. a man, yeah. famous, yeah. Uh, sexy, yeah. uh, talking about a perfume wear by a woman, it's very interesting. It's another perspective. And because of that, you know, I was, I say, okay, it's a great idea. 
and uh, it's different from you know always having a sophisticated and seductive yeah, yeah. girl, self-confident, blah blah blah, and yeah. you know at the end of a seductive storytelling. So because it was disruptive, and because this perspective and this new point of view was yeah. very interesting. Having said that, from executional point of view, uh, you know, for me it was not enough uh, Chanel. I mean, in a, even if I can understand the rationale uh, behind, uh, you know, uh, being more, you know, yeah. a bit cool and a guy uh, not very sophisticated uh, and having something uh, very conceptual, but at the end, you know, when you just receive it, uh, it, it was not exactly what, you know, kind of um, Chanel asset, I will say. Did you ever see the American college versions of it? Yeah, yeah, I saw you know, a few of them. Yeah, and few of them are so... Uh, are, are quite funny, you yeah, know Yeah, very I mean? funny, but... Tiny I, I, little students in, you know... Yeah, so... Um, in the Midwest taking the, yeah, know, the mickey. Yeah, yeah, and let's say, you know, if you are considering, so uh, oh. if it, it had an impact, because yeah. everybody, uh, you know... Talked about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. talked about it, so <laughs> it could be... But I'm not sure that it was a way, uh, you know, Chanel wants to, uh, to, oh. be, to be considered as... A disruptor and to be uh, to be the more humoristic or uh, you know it was not necessary I guess uh, the uh, the original idea just to come back when you are thinking uh. you know uh, to a difference between American and French mm. people uh, when I, I was uh, you know starting to um, to collaborate with the US yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. Um, because I, I was a kind of messager uh, between the two cultures just to give you an example so it was at the time so the um, allure for, for women was introduced. Because in America, there was a lot of master brand. Mm. You have a, a brand for women, and after it was proposed in a men's version. Yeah, like? Uh, like uh, obsession uh, for women, and yeah. after for men. Okay, okay. Okay? And American people, so very American, say, okay, we have allure, let's oh. do allure for men. <laughs> and you guys said that. Okay. And in French, you say, allure for men. <gasps> so, and... To say, no, we cannot do that because we are not strong enough in masculine. Uh, uh, Chanel, uh, we don't make fashion in masculine. Uh, and I say, so many conceptual, rational ideas on the idea of doing stuff, uh, uh. not on how to do it. And so I came back and I said, yes, but why not to try? And at the end, I asked to have the uh, green light to start it, to create it, uh. and to judge. How it, how it works. If it works or not. A prototype, you mean? Yeah, exactly. But Of the set and the packaging. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was a, quite a bit of money. You, you know. Yeah, but, you know, it, it was not costing a lot. Because you just, have the department. Yeah, anyway. we have yeah, this yeah. department, and it was just, you know, a, a déclinaison. Huh? We changed the color, and uh, we have a more masculine. But the idea was, okay. But I, I remember I was very uh, shocked about the two approach. The Americans say, okay, let's do it, and after we decide. Oh. So let's go ahead. Go and act, and after let's we see, try, instead of French saying, okay, let's think about it. And we have to make a study, files, uh, conviction, interview. Are we able to make masculine or not? And it was another approach. And I have to say that the Americans are much more, um, as you say, uh, result-oriented. Yeah. Action and decision. And we are in reflection, a long time for decision, and after it's too late. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Irish, but I, I'd say half of my career I've worked for the Americans, for mm -hmm. Condé Nast, for Associated Press, uh, for the Dow Jones, Wall Street Journal, and half, uh, maybe half my time I've worked for Continental, uh, for Le Figaro, uh, 
a French company, Fashion Network, I worked in Italy. And I find the decision-making process very long, mm -hmm. uh, not just in France, but also in Italy. There's a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions, everyone has to talk. And it's very hard to have a, a decision at the end of the meeting. You often have to have two or three meetings. Yeah, yeah. But the Americans sit down, the meeting is short, it's yep. 15, 20 minutes, and at the end, someone makes it. Yeah. Someone makes it. Okay, yeah. we're going to do it this way, make sure, make, and this is, that's the date, whatever, come back and we respect this, and that's it, and you move on. Yeah, 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 it's more efficient. How is it in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my first year in, uh, in Japanese uh, culture, and I was discussing with Richard, uh, you know, because I used to, uh, to, to work with. Um, Japanese people for Chanel or for Givenchy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but mo most of them are yeah. French people living in Japan. In Japan. And sometimes the French, and I was always saying to uh, Richard Collas, yeah, a very uh, good friend, yeah. that he was more uh, Japanese than Japanese people. That's what they say about him. <laughs> and uh, in Japan, what's different is the, um, the way is, um, you know, they love to have everybody around the table and um, the harmony. Mm -hmm. and the consensus. Yes. So it's not frontal, you cannot say, and we have to prepare everything before being able to make the, the decision all around the table. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it, for, for my first year, I will say that they need to have everybody around the table. So sometimes you have many, many people around the table. And when you have too many... Uh, chief, 22. Yeah, too many uh, chiefs in yes. the cook, in the in the cooking, um, it's a little, to cook. It's a little bit difficult, and we, you know, in terms of time, is uh, uh, it's not necessarily the more efficient. But I have to say that our, um, our CEO Watani San is um, has both culture because he used to work for um, Coca Cola for many many years. So he's very uh, American driven uh, process and uh, in his culture, but he's Japanese. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he was able to make some uh, very drastic change mm -hmm. in the company and rapidly in uh, in less than uh, uh, four years. Now we have all the um, international meeting in English. Oh, so wow. English is the um, even in Japan. Yeah, even in Japan, English is the official uh, language. Corporate language. Corporate language. Okay. So and. And he, he, he used to say that when he started, you know, the people say, I'm not able to talk. And at the beginning uh, of the couple of years ago, there was uh, a translator and, uh, and uh, but now everything is in English. And most of the leading people and at high level, are, you know, we are working in English on a daily basis. So just to say that when con the decision is, uh, is made, the way to implement is it's quite rapid. Oh, at least that. Yep. My, my, my first meeting I ever had in Japan about 20 years ago when I worked for Dow Jones, uh, Condé Nast, uh -huh. I went there to discuss uh, the deal to make Vogue in Japan. Mm -hmm. And I went with Jonathan Newhouse, whose family owned the company, he's the big boss. One other colleague, uh, who, a Frenchman who, who, who ran Asia Pacific, and a translator, so we arrived in. On the other side of the table, there were 17 Japanese people, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and at the end of the meeting, we hadn't made a decision. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like, we will send you a letter of understanding. It was like, you know, I was like, hold on, did we make any decision? And they were like, no, 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 it doesn't, doesn't happen like that. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, the yeah. time time is, um, yeah, a kind of... Um, 
Harmony, harmony is uh, and consensus is something that we it's part of uh, the culture and uh, and I have to say that you know when we um, we you enter um, and for me I consider it was part of the journey you know discovering how a Japanese company uh, uh, is um, is working and had at this level of uh, the company because I had the chance to report directly to uh, Watanisan. You have to, uh, to be very humble and uh, to accept that that's the cultural role because I'm just French and I'm mm. starting in Japanese company mm -hmm. so the game is different and we have to be uh, very uh, uh, you say respectful of that and to, uh, to understand that even if it's not exactly uh, uh. Sometimes you want to go, uh, you know, um, quickly and okay, let's make it like that and uh, without having everybody in copy and uh, we can make the decision. Okay, yes, yes, one, one or two. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, but we have to respect. We cannot do that. It's uh, it's an offense. It's, it's, yes. So it's a question of to be. Uh, if if it's hurt you uh, too much or if it's too uh, frustrating, you okay. shouldn't be there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So it's part of a uh, deal. Yeah, yeah, okay. As my mother used to say, son, you're an ambassador of your people as soon as you go abroad. You, know, you have to behave with a certain Yeah, way. exactly. And, uh, a little bit of diplomacy and tact. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, and, and I have to say that for the moment, for me, is not. Uh, I, I do not uh, suffer from that. Uh, it's much more that the company is in transformation. So because of transformation, when you, uh, you, uh, you merge two uh, different companies and to become the one Shiseido, creating a new organization, new matrix organization, it's not because of Japanese, it's because it's a new organization to be, um, to be setting up. So, you know, sometimes it's not so easy uh, that uh, if you compare to other company with uh, an organization uh, created uh, uh, with um, all the, um, the process, have, you know, have been uh, approved uh, and uh, efficient for many, many years. It's easier because you push on the button and you get the, 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 all the elements you need. Here it's different. We have to build up. So it's very challenging because of the transformation. Let's go once again. Go back. Uh, why did you leave Chanel for LVMH? Uh, so it's interesting. You know, when I did that, uh. everybody told me, oh, "You cannot do that. Nobody leaved Chanel." And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah, very, yeah, and because Chanel and and." and uh, yeah, so it was much more a personal uh, decision. So I was uh, 30, uh, 32 or three at the mm. time. Uh, no, it's uh, a little bit, um, a little bit older, thirty-five. Mm. And uh, I met. Um, it was a question of uh, a project and uh, a rencontre with somebody. So Givenchy. Uh, so the, the guy was uh, Alain Crevé. Alain. Alain Crevé. And uh, he was appointed as the new uh, CEO of uh, Givenchy, and he came from uh, Procter and Gamble. So he has no background in luxury business, and he was looking for a kind of um, a partner coming from the luxury business. And somebody gave him uh, my name, so he called me, and I was absolutely. Where we're in the nineties now. Uh, no, no, it was in uh, two thousand one. Okay. Okay, and uh, because of Chanel, I did, I did, uh, I did uh, the makeup, uh, I did uh, the makeup, I did uh, the skincare with precision, I did, uh, I did Chance, I did Coco Mademoiselle, so I had, you know a nice uh, life cycle, if I can say. And here, he explained me. So he first, he gave me a rendezvous in, in a bar, so something less corporate. And uh, the guy, uh, you know, he has... Good a, bar, which bar? Uh, in Levallois, near, near the office. Oh, okay. Because it was convenient, but, you know, very casual, not formal. 
Uh, and the guy was a, a rocker. He, he was a, a player, a guitarist player and singer in, in uh, the band. And uh, during the, uh, in the interview, uh, the conversation we had, this was not an interview, it was much more conversation. He explained me and he was very transparent, um, having the, the, uh, sharing with me uh, the project. What, why he decided to go there and a kind of storytelling. And, and I had a very um, a good uh, connection with him personally. In, mm. And he was more or less the same age and we were quite young. And the challenge was amazing because the brand was a sleeping beauty and the idea was to wake up and to make something successful. Mm. And I was saying that I had the chance to, um, to, um, to learn a lot with, uh, within Chanel. I mean, how to uh, to protect the DNA, how to transform, how to evolve, and how to uh, and sometimes, you know, I have some other ideas, but because Chanel, you need to take time, blah blah. blah. So I, I feel it with not a kind of uh, urgency, but uh, I want to uh, to act on my own and to create something. Yeah. A little bit, you know, with less constraints, mm. if I can say. And it was, you know, a nice white paper yeah. with somebody looking for, you know... For change. Uh, yeah, for change. And uh, we have the white paper and we have to define the roadmap for what we want to do. What would you, you call as your big successes there? The things you're most proud of doing at, at Givenchy? I will say running in the same time a, a global um, rebuild of uh, the brand equity. Thinking where you come from, what's the story, What's the insight and how to embody the brand, new brand equity in uh, manifesto? And uh, we create in a very short time, in, in less than uh, in, uh, 18 months, a new fragrance, very resistible, and a new makeup line. Mm. And in the meantime, so all together. Yeah. Uh, so it was, and, and because it was so short, because we are, we are responsible and to totally autonomous, and say, okay. And uh, I, I dive in the brand, uh, and I say, okay, this is Audrey Hepburn, Hubert de Givenchy, and I say, I rebuilt the story, uh, and I convince the people that we have to revisit our heritage. But who was the designer at the time? At that time, it was... Uh, it was right after, was it? Wasn't McQueen? Uh, no, no, McQueen left, left and it was... It was uh, Julian McCall. Yes, exactly. Yeah, who was not such a celebrated no, exactly. designer so when we, the brand fashion yeah, exactly. wise was in. And I started in, when week. I started that, uh, Ricardo Tichy was yeah. not there. Yeah. Uh, and Ricardo joined after a couple of years after, and it was uh, absolutely uh, yeah. amaz amazing, uh, yes, journey and a team team builder yeah. adventure because the brand was you know declining. People were lost because we had many uh, cool marketing, uh, but not something consistent with the brand. So the brand was lost. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the financial results were not so good. And um, to, to build a project, uh, embarking people, mm -hmm. not only my team, but all mm -hmm. the commercial people from everywhere, uh, uh, uh. saying that we have to go back to who we are with pride, uh. Uh, go back to Hubert de Givenchy to style. Uh. And, and I say it's for me, coming from Chanel, mm -hmm. I have all the, the French heritage because of Hubert de Givenchy, very French, mm -hmm. but adding this kind of spontaneity with Audrey Hepburn coming from the US. And it, for me, it was exactly, you know, the good marriage between yeah. chic and accessible. Yeah, yeah. A, a kind of new French luxury. Yeah. 
very uh, not American yeah. because it's French style, mm, but this kind of uh, you know smile, and that's why with um, with uh, the, the 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 statement with the uh, TV commercial mm. of um, very resistible, we took uh, Liv Tyler. She was a young uh, actress. Uh, she was 22 at that time, and uh, the all the, the the TV commercial was Givenchy starring Liv Tyler as very irresistible. And it was but as a kind of modern day Audrey Hepburn. Yes, exactly. And it black was black and white. Absolutely. And, you know, and it was with a uh, hat. I mean, absolutely you know. with a hat, with a smile. Yeah. And she was in a, in her bathroom, you know, having her hair dryer and she, as a shooting. And she, when she was. She, she was quite Holly Golightly. Yes, exactly. But at the end, with a smile yeah, yeah, yeah. and driving, you know. Something less... And that worked. Absolutely, and now, uh, so it's uh, 15 years after, the, yeah. the makeup yeah. is uh, still there uh, with Nicolas Degen, and uh, I work with him uh, you know, for a long time as mm. a very good friend. Oh. Uh, very Irresistible is still in the uh. top 20 uh, oh, worldwide, yeah. oh, yeah. so it's, it's, it was the, um, the rebirth oh. of, uh, and the turnaround of the brand, and I was, yeah, and it was an exciting uh, adventure. When Ricardo Tisci came along, did he begin to work with you? Yeah, we, I worked with him a lot for another project, and it was uh, Anjou Démon, so, uh, and we started... Ange ou Démon. Oh, yes. yes. Ange ou Démon, and, uh, and uh, so I had a good connection with, uh, with Ricardo when he came, and when he started to be a little bit more you know, defining the style uh, on Givenchy, a little bit more black, mm. gothic, and uh, with, with a lot of uh, uh, iconic elements. Mm. Because when you are in perfume, uh, the idea, without any fashion, you have to create something. But if you are create just story, without any link to the brand, it's marketing. It's yeah. not, you know, how to be a dif differentiate and to build something with consistency and to have a proposal and to uh, to attract you know and to to say something bigger than a product so i was very uh, um, i paid a lot of attention on the brand at that time because the fashion was not existing with no code and uh, it was easy at Chanel because Chanel there is so many codes, so yeah. you can reinterpret, you pick one, and well, you, you uh, go so ahead. Many, so, so, so many. Chanel had, had yeah, a the dozen code. of them. Yeah, and, and I have to say that Karl Lagerfeld did an amazing job, you know, reinterpreting and giving uh, visibility to the codes. He so was now, very faithful to the codes. Yeah, faithful, you. but always with new codes. That means that for many, many generations, the codes are still there. Yeah, well, yeah. So, and when you so are... Tissue was a much more disruptive design. Yeah, it was disruptive, but he created a darker, some... darker, yeah, uh, he created some. Yeah, but he yeah. created some codes. Yeah. And so it what was... What were the codes he created? Uh, he has a lot of shen. It was gothic, uh, with um, lace. Mm -hmm. So he came back some some elements uh, on the accessories, for instance. That you could, yeah. You know, uh, blason. You remember the blazon with uh, uh, a uh, blazon? You, you know the. It's a buckle. Yeah, yeah. okay, in a yeah. buckle. Yeah. This guy, and mm. for us, it was interesting because you can pick some of that. Not necessarily in product, but all the uh, 360 degree when you are uh, you know, preparing uh, for digital, for merchandising, mm -hmm. so for the, 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 the coffret for Christmas. So you have the pattern, you know, the same coming the from... The visual signifiers. Yeah, so it's, you know, he had, he had a spirit. You went to Shadow. It's a group with quite a lot of uh, perfumes. I always think of it, I, I know it's 
It no longer controls Jean-Paul Gaultier, the, yep, the license, but it still has Isimiyaki. Yeah, yeah, Isimiyaki. Which was a kind of defining, that was its first when BPI yeah, did it. Absolutely I, I remember started, when yeah. I worked for Women's Wear, I wrote about it for was Chantal, uh, Chantal, Chantal Ross. Ross. It was yeah. a kind of legendary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you've quite, I mean, you've... Dolce. Dolce Gabbana, which is a new, and um, we're starting uh, two years ago. Yeah. Uh, Narciso Rodriguez, an amazing uh, success uh, yeah. story with a yeah. fragrance and an iconic yeah. image and design mm -hmm. also. Um, uh, Zadig et Voltaire, so mm. very French and rock and sexy uh, brand. Uh, we have also um, uh, Isemiyake, so we talk about Isemiyake. still uh, very still still there, and uh, with uh, you know with the a very faithful consumer. Yeah, absolutely, with a very pure design and evoking uh, the water and very conceptual. Uh, we have also Serge Lutens, which is part well. of the uh, portfolio, so a very uh, strong brand, as you can imagine. With These are all licensing agreements that so she said. Yeah, yeah for, for the other, uh, Serge Lutens is quite different because there's uh, you know, the relationship between uh, Mr. Serge Lutens with Shiseido uh, yeah, started a long time ago and it was part of the artistic director for mm -hmm. Shiseido and so on and so on. Shiseido has a partner, uh, has a very strong relationship, so it's not a license. Uh, for the other, they are licensed, so and, uh, and uh, quite old. And we have also Elisab. Uh, ah, wow. Yeah, Elisab, so very interesting. Once again, the Phoenician couturier. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Oh. So uh, each single brand has its own territory, and uh, with, uh, it's a kind of uh, very, uh, uh, you know, different story. Uh, different uh, perspective uh, and uh, the storytelling is, is different and the, uh, the yeah, territory and the brand the equity are quite different. Finally, the first thing is your advice. Yeah, for and secondly, yeah, advice for, for young for, for a young person trying to get the first step into this in industry for, in and industry. how you would recommend they behave. Okay. And, and secondly, how do they know it's the right industry for them, that they're making, they're going okay. in the right direction? Well, I will start even with the second question. Okay. <laughs> uh, because of how to, um, to feel if it's something that uh, suits to you, uh, your skills or what you want to, uh, to experience. Uh, we are in the perfume and cosmetic, we are doing... Uh, uh, not any more products, but storytelling. Mm. So you have to be uh, ease with what's the story, what's the point of view you want to have in the market, what's the impact, how can you contribute to create something better for the world. You have to, uh, to, uh, to be familiar and to love artistic values or aesthetic values, because it's our, our meaningful values. Not only product, something else. And, I think that at the end, our industry is um, delivering or conveying a benefit for people to, to feel um, in, in wellness, be more, you know, paying attention to, uh, not in, anymore in seduction, but how to feel uh, healthy and in, in a wellness and having fun and keep dreaming about something. So this is the purpose of the industry. So if you are... You feel something. It's, if it resonates uh, to your values, okay. Then, then you're the right yeah, sort of person. Yeah, you are in the right. And the advice is, for me, is uh, to um, to be sure or, or to come back again on, on this question. If you want to to have a nice career in this uh, environment, I think being able to work with the two parts of your brain, right side and left side, it's help. because you have to be very. Uh, 
uh, business oriented mm -hmm. because the world is, uh, is like that and you need to deliver results. And you have also to deal with creative people. So, and it's emotional. So how to be rational and emotional in the meantime? You know, sometimes it's difficult for people. They are super rational, but never emotional. And sometimes emotional people cannot be rational. So if you are able to connect and to consider that you have these two facets and you can work with that and you love and you enjoy to do that, it's, you are in the right industry. And the advice is, uh, yeah, to be curious. To be curious, to be... Uh, to, uh, yeah, curiosity, I think it's a driver because in our industry, we are always uh, providing newness. You know, it's a very uh, uh, fast-moving uh, industry compared to the others uh, because we have to, that's the rhythm of the industry to introduce novelty, novelty, novelties. And now with a new uh, digital player, uh, you know, coming everywhere, it's, it's, the market is disrupting and the makeup, they did their revolution on the digital for the fragrance is not the case. So if you have some ideas to, uh, to crack the model and how to talk about or to, to expose the uh, fragrance on the social media, so you are a future millionaire because we need to find a way <laughs> you know, to, to see and how to talk about fragrance on the digital and on the smartphone. That's, that's the next big step. Yeah, I will say. Isabel Jax, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Geoffrey. It was a pleasure also being with you.